0: We are concluding our study of Paul's letter to the Philippians today. We have seen how even though Paul is in prison, he remains hopeful, and he joyfully points us to our salvation in Christ. Jesus is our guide, teaching us to be humble, put others first, and keep our eyes on his upward call of faith. We are to live life worthy of the gospel we've been called to proclaim, Staying focused on Christ to the end of this life and into the next. In chapter 2, we are told to be unified and to focus on our shared mission. In chapter 3, we were encouraged to stay focused on serving Jesus and God's people, having the resiliency to endure persecution and suffering. In all things, we seek to remain humble and stay focused on what is best for our church and the advancement of the kingdom of God before our own needs. As Paul says in verse 1 of chapter 4, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, whom I long to see, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. We tend to think of ourselves as doing what we want to do, but how does it feel to think that we we belong to someone else? And what we do reflects on them, for good or ill for them. Paul looked on his churches as a loving father looks on his children. How they behaved reflected on him and his eternal reward. We can never forget that we are here to serve God, and what we do can make him look bad to our neighbors if we don't live in a manner that glorifies him. In most of his letters, Paul exhorts the leaders of his churches to not do anything that will bring disrepute to their church, which in turn puts God in a poor light to our neighbors. Paul writes here in Philippians, I urge Aodia and I urge Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true comrade, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel together with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. This is verses 2 and 3. Unfortunately, we're not given any details here, but we should note that Paul calls on the church to help these women find harmony. It is generally assumed that these two women, a remarkable remarkable fact in itself, are leaders within the church of Philippi, perhaps hosts of house churches, within the larger church community there, which probably didn't have a central church building like we do. Both have Greek names, which unlike today, have meanings that would have been recognizable at the time to the readers of Paul's letter. Aodia means good travels, or maybe in our words, uh, smooth sailing. Ao means good in Greek, and is common in words we use today such as eulogy, or a good word, or good words, and Eucharist, which literally means good grace, or thanks, or thanksgiving. Sentaiki, however, is not such a pleasant name. Sin isn't so bad. It's not sin as in English, as in doing wrong. Rather, it means with, as in symphony and sympathy. Tinkano, however, generally means to hit something. Together, Syntaiki means hit with, perhaps. Or as a noun, it could mean accident. How often does that tragically happen? We are heading down a good road, having a good journey, and suddenly we have an accident. And you think studying dead languages is boring. But even after an accident, we get back up and continue to travel down the road, hopefully wiser and able to make amends if needed. We're all leaders in the church, even those who don't have an official title or perform a unique task this morning. Your opinions and your presence help to determine the road ahead for our church. We will disagree on some things, but need to have the humility and wisdom to keep moving ahead in a way that benefits the church and brings glory to God. Paul continues, Rejoice in the Lord always, again I will say rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Eucharistia in other words. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guide your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is Philippians 4 to 8. Verses 4 to 8 of chapter 4, that is. An amazing passage, all the more so, when we remember that Paul is in prison, and his churches were facing persecution from numerous directions also. So any comments or thoughts? Again, we are to be patient humble, content with what we have, and always in prayer. No matter what life brings, God will see us through it. God's peace will guard and protect us. Now, what I would like to ask Paul is what he means when he said that, quote, the Lord is near, unquote. Does he mean that Jesus is about to return soon? Or is he talking spiritually? the Lord is always with us. Perhaps it means both. Paul continues. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is in any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace shall be with you. Verses 8 and 9. What do you think of that? In a confusing and troubled time, we will have God's peace if we stay focused on him and these godly things. So don't be overcome by all that is going on. Turn off the news, turn off the TV, and pick up your Bible and read. Pray and sing spiritual songs. Our struggles and the conflicts of this world are only temporary, but God's glory shines forever. Paul continues, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Verses 10 to 13. There are just so many great lines in this chapter. It's hard to focus on any one thing. Our faith will get us through the good and the bad, through abundance and through need. We rejoice that we have each other and rejoice that God will get us through all the struggles of life. Our earthly circumstances are not as important as our relationship with God and our relationships with our fellow believers. We always draw near to God and he will draw near to us, giving us hope not just as individuals doing our own thing, but through faith we support and encourage each other also. As Paul writes, Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. And you yourselves also know, O Philippi- Philippians, that the first preaching of the gospel, after I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of, of giving and receiving but you alone. For even at Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice well pleasing to God verses 14 to 18. Now, we here don't really have a Paul to join together in ministry with. Rather, we join together to support the ministry of our denomination, the other ministries that some of us support outside of the church, and our own ministries at the church. Perhaps the lesson here is to seek to support ministry outside of our church, along as inside. Supporting ministries and individuals going out in Christ's name to places we are not able to go, whether here in the U.S. or around the world. We may be very different from other branches of the global church, but we all have a shared mission to reach every corner of our world with the good news of Jesus' death, resurrection, and eternal reign and glory we now join with churches everywhere to prepare the way for him to return. We may feel like we can't do much as one small church, but when you join together with other churches and ministries, we can do mighty things that will bear fruit now and into eternity. The needs of our world may seem far beyond anything we can do to help, but we continue to do what we can. Paul concludes this letter, And my god shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in christ jesus now to our god and father be the glory forever and ever amen greet every saint in christ jesus the brethren who are with me greet you all the saints greet you especially those of caesar's household the grace of the lord jesus christ be with your spirit this concludes philippians verses 19-23 to the word saint here means holy one in Greek and so we join together with the saints Paul mentions here as well all the saints of the church past, present and future we too are God's holy ones his saints so let us focus on living lives worthy of the gospel that we have received and have been called to follow and have been sent out to perform, living as today's saints, God's Holy One sent into an unholy world that needs Jesus and the new life and grace that he provides. The path ahead as individuals, as a church, as a nation, and as a world is uncertain and probably perilous. We'll have to wait and see but may we stay focused on God and persevere to the end. His grace abides in us and all followers of Christ. May it guide us along this path and get us to where God wants us to go. Amen.